Hi there. I'm Michael Marvash, and this is The Dead Man's Forest, a weekly conversation about being alive and the little pieces of truth that we can learn from one another. Last week, I introduced the idea of inherently conflicting worldviews to the conversation. And I'm still working through that. I don't know what will shake out. Some new ideas to add to this conversation this week. I think the ways that we learn things are going to be an important piece. And it seems like the general shape of learning in the life is that we're born as newborn infants, knowing almost nothing. A newborn knows how to do, I don't know, two things maybe, cry and suck. I suppose knows how to reflexively pull away from a tickle or a pinch. But observing newborns, I'm not even sure they know how to control their own movements. If you have had opportunity to observe infants, you can think of those times where where they're they're kind of moving their limbs around haphazardly and kind of jerkily. And all of a sudden, it's like their attention focuses on their hand and it, and it stops there in front of their face. And you can see them starting to work out that this hand... Like if I think about it, I can control what this thing does. They're, they're, they're realizing for the first time that their hand is a part of their body. It's connected to them and that they can move it by thinking about it. You can imagine that must be a very, like an almost magical experience for an infant to realize that it can move something. And of course, you know, a baby doesn't have the, the context to realize that that's unusual, but from our perspective, that looks very unusual to a baby. And infants continue to grow up and they see, they learn how to see other people and imitate the way they move and the way they sound, their behaviors. They learn to imitate their culture and the knowledge that they've accumulated. And we spend the first 20 years of our life learning learning how to be human, learning the typical behaviors of our gender in our gendered society and of relationships of different kinds, their family and friends, romantic relationships. We learn how to take care of ourselves there are so many things we learn in our family life, in our childhood, and in school. 
But all of those things are a very narrow, a very narrow slice of all of the things that we could learn as human beings, which are practically limitless. All of the different cultures and all of the different arts and sciences, so many different pieces of knowledge, so many different perspectives on the universe, so many different ways of getting at truth. And it seems like so many of us, at that point after we get out of school, we stop learning. We stop trying to learn, perhaps. And if there's one thing that I could say the Dead Man's Forest is consistently about, it's about continuing to try to learn more about ourselves in the world. And, and when I have these conversations with people, I try to listen as best I can and to understand how it is that they have come to know what they know, come to believe what they believe, have learned what they learned. And I hope that through that process of listening and understanding, perspective taking, I too can learn some few new things at least. But there's another side to that that relates to a narrow slice of experience that I said we all have. And it's that none of us knows everything. We all have learned some things that are true, some things that are maybe partly true, and probably a lot of things that are not true, but serve us well enough to get by on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think, I'm not sure, but I think that those places in which we are mistaken or where we only have a partial view of the whole picture, those are the places where the conflicts arise. The conflict I talked about last week was between a human progress-oriented worldview and an environmental sustainability worldview. I sketched out the shape of how those two worldviews seem to butt heads, how the behaviors that people who hold those worldviews would engage in, naturally, are at odds with each other, that those who hold human progress in the highest of esteem will tend to be more likely to engage in behaviors that are destructive to the environment. And those who are more highly concerned with 
protecting and preserving the environment, we'll be less likely to engage in behaviors that further human progress. And I'm not sure what to do with conflicts like that. Another example of these kind of, I'm not sure what to call them, core driving forces, motivators, worldviews, beliefs, something along those lines. Another example of a couple that conflict are curiosity and fear. Curiosity being a motivating force that causes one to go out in the world and try to learn new things and find new things and experience new things and see what happens. And fear being one that says to the curious person, no, you might end up poking a hornet's nest and hurting us all. And it's difficult to, it's difficult to mediate that conflict because it's not about right and wrong. Neither of those worldviews are right or wrong. They're just different ways of engaging, of learning, different modes of being. The same, I think, with progress and conservation. So, one of the questions that, for me, comes out of this is, how can we, as a group, how can we collectively, as a society, continue to learn? Because in the same way that it seems like we as individuals learn in our childhoods and in our school years, and then, for the most part, slow the pace of our learning in our adulthood and elderhood. My worry is that we as a society will do the same. And when we are a young society, we learn, we grow, we strive, we try. But as our society gets older and the lessons that we share with our children and between each other get narrower and narrower, that we become more entrenched in our ways and we become more literally narrow-minded. Our focus becomes narrower. The range of things that we think about becomes narrower. The range of things that are unacceptable to us becomes wider. And to me that, whereas aging, the individual aging, is inevitable. We can, as a society, work to maintain that youthful mindset, a mindset where we're always willing to try as a group to learn new things from each other, from other societies, from other creatures, from elsewhere in the universe, even. And it seems to me that the only way that we collectively can get there is by Keeping in mind what I said earlier, that the chances that we are wrong 
about most of the things we think is pretty high. You happened to be born in a certain place at a certain time. You happened to have the parents that you had. They happened to have the beliefs that they had, and they happened to pass those down to you. And again, those are very, very narrow. They're a very small piece of all of the knowledge that could exist. And so what are the chances that you happened to get the truth? Doesn't it seem more likely that you got a lot of stuff that's not true? That's only partly true? That's what I worry about all the time. What if I'm wrong? And what I hope, what I'd like to think, is that if we can talk to each other, and not just talk, but I think probably what I mean by that is if we can listen to each other, if we can really listen, like I try to do in my interviews on the Dead Man's Forest, maybe we can find those bits and pieces of truth that all of us have probably managed to pick up along the way. Because, while it seems unlikely to me that any one of us happens to have gotten a huge piece of the truth, it also seems unlikely to me that any one of us has gotten none of it. And it seems that there is such a huge potential benefit to all of us collectively using the knowledge that we've acquired together to get a better and better picture of what is true and what isn't. And maybe even of what, of which things are just different modes of being. Earlier I mentioned curiosity and fear. Neither of those are true. They're just different ways of engaging with the world. And in some circumstances, it's better to be curious. And in some circumstances, it's better to be afraid. But it seems like for many people, they have learned one more deeply than the other. They're, they're not able to switch between them. And therefore they end up using the wrong tool to engage with the world around them. As I'm feeling my way through this topic, it reminds me of something that a blog I lightly follow talks about on a regular basis called Mental Models. And because I only follow it lightly, I don't have a real good idea of how to succinctly describe mental models, but they seem to be different ways of thinking about things that let you interpret the same situation, the same sequence of events differently. And that feels very similar to, to framing a given situation based on fear or curiosity, for example. 
Let's do a thought experiment. So imagine you're a kid and there is a wasp's nest there. And for the sake of simplicity, let's imagine there are no, in fact, wasps in it. But you can't know that ahead of time. If you engage with the wasp's nest with fear, you'll avoid it. You won't be able to learn anything about wasps or how they build houses. If you engage with it with curiosity, you can go in and open it up and maybe come away from that encounter knowing more than you knew when you went into it. Talking through that, of course, helped me realize that there's probably a, a balance, an appropriate balance to be struck between being curious and being afraid in any situation that we go into. In any given situation, there are steps that we can and probably should take to keep ourselves safe even while we try to satisfy our curiosity. Anyway, I feel like I'm maybe getting a little too far into the weeds here. The point where I was hoping to come back out was somewhere around here. It cannot be true, both that progress is destroying us and that progress is not destroying us. That sort of idea is one of the foundational principles of logic, that two opposite things cannot both be true. If that cannot be true, then in any one of these ideological conflicts that we have, it would seem that the resolution between them simply requires a more nuanced understanding of what actually is true and what isn't. Because while it may not simultaneously be true that progress is destroying us and progress is not destroying us, it could be true that some kinds of progress are destroying us or that progress is destroying us in certain ways. But unless both sides of one of these ideological conflicts can sit down together and talk with one another and accept that there may be ways that we are wrong and perhaps even more importantly, there are almost certainly ways that we are wrong. Almost certainly. Until we can sit down and talk about those things and listen to the other person in good faith, then how do we have any chance of making things better? How do we have any chance of finding and understanding more truths? I don't argue with my guests on the Dead Man's Forest because it's not my place. It's not the way that I've set up this conversation. And I don't have any plans to start. But when in my head and my heart I find myself disagreeing with them 
that is what I have to remind myself of. That I could be wrong. One of the things I think I'd like to find is a forum in which civil, respectful, good faith conversations about these kinds of conflicting opinions can take place in our sharply divided world it seems like more and more i despair of finding a, a place to have those kinds of conversations and i didn't initially plan on the dead man's forest being that sort of place i planned on it being a place where we listen but maybe i need to rethink that we'll see Anyway, in other news, I have two interviews scheduled next Wednesday, and I'm not entirely certain that I will be able to record both of them and edit an episode at the same time, so it may be that I just share a short hello with you next week to let you know that things are still moving forward. But after those two interviews, I will certainly have many thoughts to share with you from my friends Colleen and T-Bird. Thanks for listening today. I find myself on somewhat uneven ground, and I'm not sure which way to go right now, but I have every intention of, of keeping on. Of course, as always, if you have any thoughts to share, the place to reach me is via the contact form on deadmansforest.org. If you have any thoughts to share, I'd love to hear them. Thanks for listening. I think that is the first step in learning anything. I will talk to you in a week or two. Bye-bye.